what's going on y'all welcome back to deep discussions i'm your host dylan robinson on this episode we are joined by john montana director of enrollment management recruiting within the school of business as part of the emr team john leads the recruiting and admissions efforts for both the on-campus and online msba programs he will also be leading the charge for our recently launched online mba program We covered so much ground in our conversation that it will be shared in two parts. In this first part of our conversation, we cover his introduction to higher education, the integration of technology, and the impact of colleges and universities on their surrounding communities. Without any further ado, here's my conversation with John. Thanks again for taking some time out to sit with me. I'm even working remotely and adopting to all of the new changes that we have working from home or from wherever you can find the space to do it. I really appreciate you taking the time out. Absolutely. Absolutely, Bill. And I appreciate the opportunity to to have a conversation. I think you and I both enjoy talking about these topics. So it's an opportunity for us to kind of take, I think, some conversation that you and I have had um, just in the time we've been working together and put it, kind of bring it to life in a in a format like this and hopefully others will find enjoyment and and value from a lot of the topics that we cover today. So we're going to cover quite a few things today, I think. Um, We'll start with some, some, some of the simpler things and kind of work our way from there. So just to get us started, we're going to do a sort of a brief introduction into the path that you've taken and how you've gotten to this point so far. So as best as you can, you know, kind of walk us through, how you ended up here at Wake? Sure, sure. What? So it's interesting. This is a this is kind of like you know that the version of tell me about yourself for for the professional that um, that's always kind of interesting to answer, provide feedback to you. know, I think for many of us who who are on this you know who are in a professional staff role today in higher education, um, the field uh, of higher education has has changed so much and. This is year 11 for me um, in total, year nine, finishing up year nine here at Wake Forest. But I know when I started in, in higher education, in particular working in undergrad admissions, um, back in 2000 and I guess seven, uh, 2008, somewhere in that time frame, losing track of my years here, um, it, there really wasn't a path. It was kind of like you, you landed in the field almost by accident. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, you know, in particular in admissions, you, you, maybe you were a student ambassador as an undergrad or worked in student life, but usually it was, a, it was, the interest came as a result of something you did as a college student. Right. Uh, and didn't really know that necessarily if you didn't realize that there were things you could do if you were not a professor or had followed more of the traditional kind of PhD path, which so many of us, you know, you grew up kind of knowing what, I guess, kind of what that means, but you didn't know that you could do something necessarily as a professional staff member. So, being where I am today is, is definitely followed a wandering path. I, I studied political science as an undergraduate at a very small private liberal arts college in upstate New York. Um, was a student athlete there. Uh, so I went to Hartwick College. Um, 1,500 students, right? So very small school. It was a great experience. Definitely what I needed at that point in my life. Um, political science was the thing that everybody was like, oh, so you, you, I asked you, are you going to teach? Are you going to go to law school? Right. And while both of those things were things that were you know, I guess part of the larger potential, mm-hmm. I really had no idea. I just studied, ultimately studied what I really enjoyed spending time reading about and, and talking about and going to class um, every day. Uh, but started my career in technology consulting. Um, I got landed a job because of some alums that I knew 
who were working for a, a very small boutique consulting firm that focused their work primarily on Oracle technologies and uh, started in kind of a sales account manager role, uh, moved to San Francisco. Uh, and I, w- I will credit that as being really kind of my initial traditional business education. I learned just from learning on the job and, and um, what my clients were doing in the industries they're in. And I did that for a little over, a little over a year, about a year. Um, so I spent my first, my first year out of college living in two of the most expensive cities in the world. My parents give me a hard time about that all the time, but you know, sure. I spent, I spent eight months in San Francisco and four months in lower Manhattan. And mm. I checked those off the list quickly, I guess, but, um, really a great experience. I will say people ask this to like, what's your, if you're going to do anything differently, go back. I probably would have stayed with that company a little longer. I think I could have benefited probably both personally and professionally from, from hanging on there a little longer, but I was like many of us early on in your career, you're unsure. Mm-hmm. You're trying to figure out where, where do you go and what do I do? What do I learn? I probably could have benefited staying there a little longer. Uh, left there, went to work for a very small, um, or went, went to work for a local office of a very large mailing logistics shipping company called Media Post. Um, their biggest competitor was Pitney Bowes, which people oh. probably, uh, going back a period, know that name. But right. um, I was there about three months. And then um, for personal reasons, my, my wife now, I was finishing up undergrad and got a teaching job out of the region. And mm. I just decided... You know, you take the job, I'll figure it out. Um, ended up landing a job after, you know, so short three months there. Then landed a job at a, for a division of AIG. Okay. So the big, large, diversified financial services firm. Very different from my prior experiences. Um, large, you know, corporation from uh, to a large corporation, a small corporation. And again, just saw it as an opportunity to learn. It was a leadership development training program. That was 2000, I guess, yeah, checking myself here. That was 2007. Okay. I think we all remember what happened in 2008. Yeah. 2009. Um, so it was there a year when things started to unravel with our economy and mm. financial markets and the housing crisis. And, you know, now I'm into starting into being a year three out of school and, uh, you know, a lot of uncertainty. I, I was fortunate to not get laid off. I was fortunate to have some opportunities at that time to make some choices about a kid. And this was offered a chance to move to a different, um, office with that company and, and it was a, you know, good learning experiences. I think it's easy to say that now in hindsight, but, um, did eventually leave, um, the company, uh, at mm-hmm. the time and, you know, really felt it was a chance to do something different and get out of kind of a corporate environment and had an opportunity to return to my alma mater and work in an undergrad admissions role. Okay. Um, and you know, this was the chance to kind of, you know, get into a professional role. And I loved it that being on a college campus, it was like immediate energy and you felt like this. I, I personally felt like an immediate sense of purpose. Right. I, I understood what it was we were trying to help families and students do. Um, had been that through that process. I selected that institution. Hartwick College is my alma mater. Got my education there. So the transition was easy. But what I quickly realized was, you know, uh, you know, I could learn the work and, you know, con- communicating the value of this education to families came fairly easily. Yeah. Um, but, you know, learning about the business of higher education, I found also really fascinating. I will argue with anybody today that probably one of the, one of the most complex endeavors is, is to educate people. Right. Um, bringing people together onto a college campus today takes so many moving parts. Mm-hmm. And I was fortunate to work for two people 
who were new to the enrollment team there. Um, and so Jonathan Kent, who hired me as our director of admissions and, and David Conway, who was our vice president of enrollment at the time, a, a seasoned enrollment professional, been in the field for a long time. Again, two people also who didn't really necessarily plan for this to be their professional path. Right. Hired me and it was a, it was an exciting time. We were going through an institutional rebrand. So everything was changing. What we were communicating was changing. And I was the only alum on staff. And so I had a chance to kind of also be a part of helping to shape some narrative and shape some communication because of my experience. Right. It was also really exciting. And so I quickly realized, one, I really liked working in a, in a college. Mm -hmm. um, again, young people learning and energy. And there's just something really cool about that. So I recognized that I really liked that. I, I found that there was a way I could contribute to education that that wasn't reliant on me teaching anybody anything right, necessarily because right. I didn't think that that was probably a, <laughs> uh, something that was, but um, I, I could really uh, be good at, but, but this was something I really fell in love with almost immediately. Hardwick's located in a really remote area. So as the, as my six months year sort of go along, I, I knew I wanted to go to grad school at this point. I knew I wanted to study education, but recognition for the fact that I didn't have access to a lot of opportunities. Mm -hmm. The were far and it was a couple hours to the next in a large public institution. So I decided to kind of, I guess, take a little bit of a risk. This is 2007, 2000, no, this is 2009, 2010. So I applied to Northeastern University and started my coursework online and um, to turn my master's degree in education with a focus in higher education and ultimately kind of doing two things. One, studying education, um, kind of everything that goes into how we educate our society, the constructs, even some curriculum instructions, mm -hmm. some pedagogy constructs, but also then focusing my studies even on the enterprise of higher education. Right. And um, loved it. I mean, I just, it, it, that's like what grad school should be about. It should be about finding and identifying the thing that you really want to spend that time going deep into. And so for me, it was a, it was a really valuable, um, really rewarding opportunity again the other thing about doing it also as a working professional this time, I'd also had some life experience, mm -hmm. um, but just the ability to also see the applications almost on a daily basis, even in a small institution, small, just baccalaureate only institution, you could do that. Um, so was there, uh, 2009 to 2011, but partway through 2010, I realized like, I really want to kind of put my career, I really want to be aggressive. Let's see what opportunities are out there. And for a variety of reasons, you, you make decisions for both, Sometimes at different points in your life, personal reasons, sometimes professional reasons, sometimes career opportunities. And so because of family moving south, we started to expand our search, you know, in that direction. And so uh, research network found out there's opportunities at the business school of Wake Forest and applied. And um, it was going to be a different audience, obviously yeah. graduate students, professors, right. students, different than just undergrad. And um, started, in, you know, was called uh, Stacey Owen, who's our, Mm -hmm. Director for Alumni Engagement now at Wake Forest in the School of Business was our um, director of admissions and started the conversation. And then a few months later was offered an opportunity to come in and work as an assistant director of admissions in the, in the School of Business. I'd been an you know, assistant director of admissions at Hartwick for two years. And so in the summer of 2011, decided we'd pick up and move to North Carolina. Young family at the time, one, our oldest daughter, we're expecting our, our second at the time. And so, you know, uh, it's been 11 years now, higher education. Um, then later on, just recently, we can talk to this about some of it, but I did end up getting my MBA as well. Yeah. Which had been a consideration when I was working in, uh, in corporate. And so 
in some ways full circle, but also I think a lot of the decisions to continue my education were about continuing to develop uh, I mean, be in a position to contribute even more in higher education today. I know some of the other questions that we may cover today, we'll talk about some of the reasons why. But anyway, my energy over 11 years working in higher ed at this point, you know, I started out in technology, then financial services, and now in education. I definitely found a home in education, and it's, I find it to be really rewarding, really rewarding, uh, evolving. You know, as, we, as we're having this conversation, obviously we're going through some some uncertainties and yes. having to evolve and adapt just for continuity purposes so that right. I can continue their own growth and development. But it's been each day a different challenge, each day a different rewarding experience. And the, the people also that I've had a chance to work with um, have been unique and, and exciting along the way as well. So anyway, that's kind of a long narrative, but we can certainly dive into different directions if you like. But the higher education is definitely home for me um, at this juncture of my career. Yeah, I mean, there, I mean, there were a few a few different points that you made when you look back over the different transitions that you made. And, and if you want to break them down into phases of your you know, professional career after leaving college, but would you, would you say that you returning back to Hartwick, was that the light bulb moment for you where you felt like, you know, this is, this is the path that I feel like is going to be it for me. You now, whether that was you staying there or, you know, now you're at a different institution, but whatever the thought was, did it start at that moment to say, I think that this is it for me in the rest of my career? Yeah. So that's a scary, that's a scary thought sometimes. <laughs> Cause that we, you know, we talk to our students at, at wake all the time. And, and even so in the business school, like, you know, with our, some of our graduate students, our early career master's programs, like you're not making necessarily a 40 year decision, right? This is your first destination, right? This is after this experience. This is just the next destination. And I think it's hard when you're in that stage of life, let's call that that early career phase mm -hmm. where you can really have one of those truly like illuminating moments, but, or you can say, well, this, this could be it. Um, but you know, when I think about how I've made decisions, there's something I, my, my dad said to me, you know, uh, he's always kind of been someone that I will look to for some guidance and some, some insider. He'll oftentimes at least ask me questions that will serve well and helping me at least guide myself to an answer yeah. that I can make. But he said, you know, if this was the last place, would you be, would that be okay? And you know, there's obviously a lot to that question, sure. right? You know, trying to keep in mind, you know, grateful for the opportunities that you have, not the ones that you're trying, that you're worrying about, that you might have, but just in the existence of the moment that you're in, is just, would you be okay? Like, is this good enough for you? Would you appreciate it? And, and I think that was probably the first time mm -hmm. in the first couple of opportunities where I really felt like, yeah, I mean, I, I certainly would appreciate if this was, and be grateful for if this was the last first, last next destination. Yeah. And, um, I would say very much the same about my transition to Wake Forest as well. I made that decision. I made each of these last two decisions very much like, Hey, if this was the last next destination, this would be pretty good. Um, and I think two most important things for me in that are, have been, you know, the people that, mm -hmm. I, that I've had a chance to, to learn from, to work with, um, to try to accomplish some kind of big goals, you know, at least with respect to responsibilities or roles I played and, uh, and, and the chance to, to develop and the chance to contribute to some really unique things in both places, both teams, leadership groups have tried to really move the ball, um, 
on some kind of big, big things. Um, and, and be, you know, to a degree with respect to the work we were doing at each of those institutions kind of change makers. And so, so yeah, I, I definitely think, um, that's the mindset that I think about. And I think that's a, that's an important thing. And I, Sometimes people will make a list. You know, we talk about this with our students. I know our, our coaching team that does the work like that at Wake Forest and the school business as well. Like, what's the list? Like, what are the things that you're going to use to help guide your decision? And I think we try to make it. And I've always tried to tell what are the things? Can you can you learn from this experience? Can you grow from this experience? But I think in the end, you know, trying to ground yourself in one, you're probably not making like a 40 year decision, right? But two, but two, can you, would you be okay with this being like the place? based on what you know and things change all the time, but that's how I, that's how I definitely have made decisions. And I think easier said in hindsight to mm-hmm. say yes to that question. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, but yeah, yeah, that's definitely the case. Okay. So now, you know, kind of bringing us back up to speed to current day and the work that you do here at Wake as part of the admissions team. Um, I mean, obviously I know a good bit about it because I'm a part of the team and also work with you on a daily basis. Um, but for those that don't know, what does a typical day look like for you and what sort of resources or tools are you using to help you navigate the work that you do each week? Sure. Yeah, this is, you know, on a, uh, on a day-to-day basis, I think, you know, you're, you know, this better just as, about as well as anybody. There's not a typical day, but if you were to kind of think about the, our work and, and what take up time, mm-hmm. you know, there's, there's engaging kind of external constituencies, right? So as you yes. think about our work in, getting people excited and attracted to the idea of Wake Forest being a part of their educational journey. Mm-hmm. There's obviously a lot of engagement with stu- prospective students. There is a lot of engagement with folks that support learning. So we're working with graduate students. So we're thinking about faculty, at other institutions, you know, advisors, career coaches. There, there are a lot of folks that, that play a role in that student's kind of world and helping them figure out where. So there's that external component, which I think work that we do and obviously that also translates to other parts of admissions but Mm -hmm. we do that external engagement is a big part of our time and so mapping out your year but also your day there's a part of your day that's focused on communicating externally there's a part of your part of our day that's focused typically on evaluation of, of applicants and that's you know you're trying to obviously sort through, is this the right opportunity for this person to take a next step in their development? And that's, that's not an easy uh, part of it either, but I think also one that we take pretty seriously, mm-hmm. take a lot of ownership for. Um, and then there, there are, you know, for us to be successful in attracting students to Wake Forest, we've got a lot of in- internal teammates and partners that we're engaged yeah. to help projects and to help, you know, whether that's with our marketing team or whatnot. And, and, um, or our student experience team, integrated student services. So there, I kind of think about the work we do in those three parts. And each part of my day, there are, there are certainly parts of that where you're interviewing students, where you might be on a campus, um, you know, hosting some sessions or meeting with people to talk about what we're doing at Wake Forest. And then certainly, you know, again, in meetings with colleagues internally about work that we're doing that we need to collaborate on to make sure that we're providing the best experience to our students. So I think about it in that way. I think Google Calendar has probably been as a real t- in a tactical way, right? The best resource. I'm not a person who would ever um, it, uh, suggest that I'm the the best example of details. Always, okay. I, I think you know I'm always challenging myself to to be capturing everything and keeping everything kind of organized. Mm-hmm. I know that you and I have talked about as well. You know, I I, I look at my calendar as a, almost a, a tool to block and tackle. Yes, you know, making sure that there are certain things that 
my colleagues need from me and us to be able to accomplish our work. And so making sure that they've got time on, we've got time together on our calendar, but also blocking out time for things that I have to also deliver as a contributor to our organization. Yeah. So I'm almost kind of, I really, you know, if you look at my Google calendar, it's probably like a color coded menagerie of different things that are going on all the time. Right. I think that's probably the best tool because I can access it from anywhere. But also thinking about each part of my day, you know, is in that way. Now I'm in an opportunity now where I certainly have some folks that rely on me as well in, in many ways to some parts of their success. So I also have to make sure that that hat is on for the teammates that, that, that do report to me to make sure that they have what they need to be successful. And so that's as you're, as you move along in whatever career, and you, if that's something you aspire to, you also then have to work on continuing to shift your lens to make sure that it's not just about your ability to be successful, but also other people who are a part of your team and you work together to make sure they're successful. So that's now kind of this fourth dimension to my day um, that over the last couple of years has definitely become um, a big part of that. And so I think staying organized and staying forward thinking, right, a couple of weeks at a time to know what's coming. Yeah. Um, you know, we think about the external piece, a lot of our campus engagement, that takes like long-term planning. Mm -hmm. But in our work, I think you also have to be, to be successful, you also have to be really adaptable. Yeah, things sure. change. Things change. And, um, you know, you, you need to be collaborating with people on other campuses and you have to be respectful and aware of the things that they might have going on because things can change last minute. And so those are some comments I have around that in, in relation to the work that we do. Um, you know, part of, Part of your, your role and responsibilities is overseeing one of the specific programs that we have with the Masters of Science in Business Analytics. And one interesting part of it is that it has an on-campus component as well as a online version as well. So seeing now how all of us in higher education are adapting to this online and virtual learning space, having already been in that space yourself and working with third-party systems to leverage online learning, how do those two sort of coexist, you know, with technology and, and higher education? Um, and then how do you think that they might evolve as we continue to move forward? Well, you know, it's interesting, right? So I, uh, we, as I mentioned earlier, so I did uh, my first master's degree, I did online. Mm -hmm. And that was, um, you know, now almost, a, you know, probably eight years. Yeah. Um, and it's amazing how much has changed. And I, and I, I see what we're able to deliver now mm -hmm. uh, through through online learning and the, the technology um, and the role that technology plays is really, it's really incredible to see how far we've come. And so I think one of the biggest challenges is there's so many different ways with which you can pursue your learning. Right. Um, and I think at Wake Forest, one of the things that's always been kind of a, that's been a really important guiding principle to us is, you know, kind of almost limiting disruption to your development, right? So mm -hmm. where we've made significant investments in terms of learning opportunities has been kind of in this early career space where you're, you're kind of getting going and getting started. And then mm -hmm. it's also now even more so in the working professional space. And so it is interesting to see um, because those are areas where, you know, typically the typical path was you go out and work and then eventually at some point you'd go back and then you'd go back out into your career again. And so now we're able to deliver such rich, deep learning experiences that can be very human, which I think is, is such an important construct to anything. If you think about our own social emotional development, right? Mm -hmm. I'm not an expert in this field by any stretch, but I do know that I have been impacted personally by three really significant learning experiences beyond kind of high school yeah. that are all were a little different. 
yet all really impactful. And, and yet each part of those human, the human connection, human engagement were critical to that. So look at where we are now today and now my involvement uh, kind of professionally and working mm-hmm. with online programs are obviously mentioned. Our analytics programs are now having a chance to, to be a part of the uh, initial team here as we kind of get ready to, to move with our, our first online MBA program. You know, we, and it's interesting, we, we talk about this, we're in this period of uncertainty because of, you know, the COVID-19, the public health crisis. Yes. I think in part of our challenges are our willingness to accept, can technology help us deliver some learning in ways that increase access, increase engagement, yet also, you know, don't require as much disruption. And I think the answer that we're going to be getting to is absolutely yes. And the willingness to adopt. I still, I, you know, what's cool is that higher education, education in general, we're at a place now where we can deliver learning in a variety of different ways to mm-hmm. meet people where and how they need to build the learning. Some learners, the technology will engage with them in a, in a way that's really helpful. Others, are still going to want and demand and need some of that more traditional on-campus experience. And the fact that we're in a place to be able to deliver each of the, in each of those ways, but, you know, it, it creates kind of endless opportunity. You know, I'm, I'm someone who come from a family of educators. So uh, parents, both educators kind of started their careers as educators. Uh, you know, my, um, my wife now is a teacher and coach. So, so there's such a, our society needs people to have an opportunity to get access to learning. And so for me, I think when I look at this kind of big picture, I see, I just see opportunity and I see uh, technology that allows us to better adopt and create access and more opportunity than mm-hmm. we're used to. And not, and also release us from kind of the boundaries that we put around kind of time and place. Yeah. Um, to, you know, not to, not, hopefully not to be too abstract, but I think technology is a frees us from some of those things. And for us at Wake Forest, we, We've always wanted to make sure that the way we make decisions around our programs are, are as connected to the market as possible, that are that evolve in a way that is meaningful to our learners, um, which is why the investment in kind of these are a growth of our early career masters. But then also, as we continue, we talk about growth of our, our uh, graduate programs that are accessible online, yeah. um, which creates opportunity for working students, adults, students, professionals, um, and those who are also looking to continue to develop their careers, you know, without the dis- without as much folk forcing it into our traditional boundaries. I think that's exciting. I, I will say that's something that has really kept me excited about the work we're doing at Wake Forest is which we're willing to challenge some convention and um, folks there, but also making sure if it's in the best interest of our students and going to allow our students the opportunities wherever they fall in their development, the chance to do just that is to learn and grow. I think it's our responsibility, um, you know, as, as folks who have chosen to make a career in education, whatever our roles may be, to challenge some convention for the purposes of bettering kind of our society. I, I think we think about that in our decisions at Wake Forest. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Deep Discussions. Stay tuned for the second part of my conversation with John. In the meantime, feel free to reach out via email at deepdiscussions at gmail.com. That's D-E-A-C-D-I-S-C-U-S-S-I-O-N-S at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Check back soon for more content. This is your host, Dylan Robinson, signing out. Until next time. 
Go Deeks. Go Deeks.